Oh yeah, you know what time it is. It's time for another episode of the 3-in-1 Podcast. Joining yeah, yeah. us from Columbus, Ohio by way of Cincinnati, but he's still rooting for the home team. It's Keith Turner Jr. What is up, good people, sports fans in Ohio, all across the world. It's good to be with you all today. And also in the capital city. By way of several other places, they call him the Black Lewis Riddick. Oh my God. It's your boy, Michael Morgan. Oh, God. Another year older, another year wiser, and we're better for it. It's a 2 in 1 special today, y'all. It's a 2 in 1 special. No Ian today. So we're going to be holding it down without our brother from Cleveland. Yes, we are. We're going to do our best, you know. But. You know, y'all pray for him. He's got a lot going on. He's a pastor. He's, you know, doing some work. And, you know, it, it's hard out here during this COVID season, you know. Um, it absolutely is. So, yeah. But, Ian, hey, man, shout outs to you. You know, we're going to hold it down. And then uh, you can get back and uh, give us another terrible take on why Dallas <laughs> thought Dallas should have a better backup quarterback. But it's all right. <laughs> um, so, a little BTS, we are recording this before the NBA draft. Yep. So, um, we won't be. We may maybe be able to catch some picks near the end of the pod. We'll let you know as they come in, so you'll right. get some live reaction. Maybe so. And as more trades are coming in, uh, this is going to be a jam-packed show. We're going to talk a little bit about NFL, a little short segment about college football, yep. but then we're going to spend a lot of time talking about some of these NBA trades and our free agency preview as free agency starts at the mm. end of this week. Mm. Um, so, you guys, it's it's a pretty wonderful time of year. we got meaningful football. Very meaningful. Um, you know, for teams that are playing. Just by COVID. And, <laughs> yeah. and we've got a lot of transactions going on. It's the most wonderful time of the year. So let's start off with NFL. And how could we not start off this podcast Man. by talking about, I know most people are saying Keith said it the minute it happened, the play of the year. Yep. But let's talk about that uh, Cardinals Buffalo Bills game. Yeah. I missed the play. I was out getting food and oh, I get a text message from Keith. Just saying Duke Hopkins, and I'm like, what <laughs> What happened? What yep. happened? Yep. So walk us through that last play, Keith. Uh, I mean, it was unbelievable. Um, first of all, Buffalo had an incredible drive late in the game. Uh, they left literally only, you know, roughly, I believe it's like 30 to 50 seconds left on the clock. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means Kyler Murray and the Cardinals had a few plays uh, before trying to, you know, get the Hail Mary. First of all, they weren't. They were down four, so they had to get a touchdown, yeah. which was crazy. Because if they only needed a field goal, I think they would have been able to get there, no problem. It's the last play. Kyler Murray, of course, he is so dangerous with his feet. He's able to extend the play because they got pressure off of the edge. He extends the play, and I mean, <laughs> just throws up a prayer. And who better to have in you know on your team as an offensive playmaker than Duke Hopkins. Other than Devontae Adams, I think he also is a very huge threat. Mm -hmm. He's a big, tall receiver who can jump up and make plays. But this play that he made was between four defenders, and he just went up and snatched the ball and just reminded all Texans fans what idiots they were to let him go uh, for not even a first-round pick. So, I mean... It was an incredible play. Um, I think that bailed out the Cardinals because, again, this week they had some shaky play calling towards yeah. the end of the game. 
Um, there was a point in time where they were up, and Kyler threw the ball twice, yeah. incomplete passes, did not run any clock, ran the ball on third down. Buffalo got the ball back, scored, yep. which I was going to be like, yeah, Arizona, this is the second week in a row. You guys made some bad play calling. But they were saved because Duke Hopkins is a monster. So, shout-outs to him, man. What an amazing play. I mean, my wife and I, we both screamed. Our, our <laughs> one-year-old daughter was probably like, what the heck is going on? It was exciting. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean – you you saw a little bit of everything on that play. You saw yep. Kyler get out and be able to buy a little bit of time, yep. just enough time, and then Duke get in position and catch a jump ball over what mm-hmm. was it two guys mm-hmm. who all had their hand on the ball, um, and that's why you that's why you bring in a guy like Duke Hopkins to make plays like that for Absolutely. your young quarterback to bail you out of games and situations like that. Mm-hmm. He did it for Deshaun Watson for however long they were playing together. And I know Deshaun was at home crying watching that on television. <laughs> like, man, now I'm throwing that up to Brandon Cooks and Who Will Fuller. Not <laughs> Cooks, not even six feet. And, uh, I mean, Will Fuller's had a really good year. Yeah. You know, he's been solid. But they still need that number one. And, uh, oh, gosh, the Texans. Bill O'Brien gets fired and it's too late. It's too late? Yep, it's too late. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a great game. Uh, the Bills making that comeback. Um, Josh Allen looked like he's starting to find a little bit more of the turnovers. He had turnover issues in this game, uh, but he showed up when they needed him late he in that did. game, uh, both passing and running the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just, he's just, he's not a, not a blazer, but he just doesn't, he just does enough. He's kind of like a, uh oh, almost like a, he, it's a weird comparison, but Ben Roethlisberger, but a little bit more athletic than Ben Roethlisberger. He's that big guy. He's got the big arm. Does have the big arm. Um, but he can hurt you in a different way, whereas Ben is more, he's going to extend the play. Yeah. Uh, Josh can actually hurt you and get a 10th, you know, 12-yard run for a first down. Yeah, I think I think he's more like a Mahomes. Um, I, I think he's definitely got a better arm than Lamar Jackson. Um, but I think he's in that category where, like, he makes plays. They run a lot of plays designed just for him to run because of his athleticism. But he definitely shows spurts where he can make the throws. But like you said, turnovers can be a killer for him. That's yeah. what happened in last year's uh, playoff game against the Texans, a game they definitely should have won. Mm-hmm. He turned the ball over a few too many times. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're still fun to watch. And get, them getting Stephon Diggs, it was huge uh, mm-hmm. for this offense. Yeah. Um, you know, so now that takes some of the pressure off guys like John Brown and yeah. Cole Beasley and, you know, and others. So Diggs had another solid game, had what I thought was the game-winning catch, mm-hmm. uh, which was amazing, against Patrick Peterson, yeah. who's still a monster. But, uh, you know, it just wasn't enough. So, uh, But the Bills have, if he can play consistently, that's the thing. What Josh Allen are you going to get from week yeah. to week? Um, that's the question. If he plays more consistently, this is a contender in the AFC, no question about but it. But they need a lot out of him every game. They I mean, do. He's really got a, a – it's hard to say that he has to carry that team, but yeah. everything everything they do, it's, it's really predicated off what he does. Well, and that's because they don't have a very solid number one running back. Yep. You know, they're missing – you know, again, that's why Le'Veon Bell would have been a good fit for this team too. Mm-hmm. You get that star number one running back to, to mix in with these good receivers. Mm-hmm. That takes some of that pressure off of Allen. But you got Devin Singletary and Zach Moss who, you know, some games they're good, some games yeah. they're very good, and some games they're very poor. So. Yeah. And the and the defense has been they've been a little up and down. Yeah, up and down. You know, at sure. moments they look good, at moments they don't. So they've got some things to fix. Yep. Uh, Arizona still has some things to fix in their offense. The play calling, as you talk, like you talked about, is an yep. issue, yep. especially down. The, it just didn't make any sense. They could have just ran the ball, just run the ball, and at least try to run some clock off if you're not gonna if you're not gonna um, you know try to make a play. But um, 
yeah, both of these teams, they've got young quarterbacks. And if yep. they if they're smart about how they build these teams out, they're in a really good position. One thing that I, I love about Kyler, and I saw it when he was at in college when he started at Texas A&M before he ended up at Oklahoma. Yep. He's one of those rare athletes who runs just as fast north south as he does east west. It's unbelievable it's, to watch. It's so he he'll just run around people and it looks yep. like they're standing still. Um but but yeah, I mean this is this is this is why you bring in a guy like Duke Hopkins. Yep. He, he can cover up a lot of mistakes. You got it. Um and man, he just he made the play of the year so far. We'll see what happens. We will see. We'll see that's, what happens. That's going to be tough to to beat. I mean, because that's fourth quarter, last play of the game. Yeah, I don't know if it gets much better than that. Yeah. Honestly, so let's talk about an injury. Unfortunately, Drew Brees. Yep. Um, suffered an injury last week. Um, we're looking at they're at least two weeks is what yep. we're looking at as the yep. timetable. Um, and they were really starting to hit their stripe. Michael Thomas was getting back. Yep. Um, who hasn't really done anything yet? Right. Honestly. Right, still kind of working his way back into shape, getting back on the field. So um, how do you think this can affect their ability in the NFC to kind of separate themselves? Is this maybe bring them down? I mean, it's a couple games they have to play. I want to look at their schedule real quick. Yeah, I was just looking at that. Um, They have some winnable games there. So they play the Atlanta Falcons. Winnable. Denver. Winnable. And then Atlanta again. Winnable. All three winnable. And then Philly. The All four winnable. <laughs> um, so if it goes any longer, December twentieth, they play the Chiefs. Yeah, that would be tough. Um, but I mean, you're you're leaving a lot up to Jameis Winston. Yeah, I mean, but here's the good thing they they bring Michael Thomas back, mm-hmm. so they have some decent weapons. You know, I mean, they got Michael Thomas. They have Emmanuel Sanders, who has been very good for them while Thomas was out. They've got Jared Cook. They've got Traquan Smith, and let's not forget one of the best running backs in the league with Alvin Kamara. Yep. So. You know, Jameis is not, you know, in a pressurous situation where he has to throw the ball 40, 50 times for them to win, mm-hmm. kind of like uh, he was in, in Tampa, you know, before you know, they got all these weapons. And, you know, Jameis is probably just like, are you serious? You guys get all these weapons and all this now that I'm gone. <laughs> but anyways, um, so the big thing for Jameis is that he can't have, you know, you know, two touchdowns and two interceptions every game. Yeah. You know, that was the thing. 40, 40 touchdowns last year, 40 interceptions. It's not going to get the job done. So they've got to, you know, rely on this run game, feed the ball to Alvin Kamara, and um, uh, his name is escaping me right now, but the other running back they got from Minnesota. Um, oh, Latavius Murray. Yes, thank you. Um, feed those guys and, you know, let that, you know, kind of dictate what you do. And Jameis is good enough to get the ball to guys like Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders if he has some blocking. So the defense has put on the last two weeks yeah. that they've played. So uh, winnable games. Let Kamara do his thing, and uh, you should be able to at least win three of the next four. Yeah, you should. You should, but it it all comes down to those turnovers. Yep. Um, and I think the the thing that their defense has been doing well is is causing turnovers. Absolutely. Um, and yep. when you give Drew Brees in this offense the short field, yep. you're putting teams in a, you're putting your own defense in a really tough situation. So, um, I think if the defense continues to play at a high level, they yep. don't ask too much of Jameis. And then yep. we can't forget they are so, also are going to play Taysom Hill some at quarterback. Oh, for sure. Especially now that Drew is out, you're going to see them use him a lot more. And I I, I don't think he's going to pass the ball, but yeah. his running packages, I think you're going to see a lot more of. Um, and Jameis will be more of the get the ball to to Alvin Kamara and when it's time to pass. So it'll be interesting to see how they use those two guys. Yeah. Um, but this is a big moment for Jameis to prove, mm-hmm. hey, I'm still one of the good young quarterbacks in this league. And, you know, I've learned how to be a better quarterback than I was in, in Tampa Bay. Yeah. 
I think, honestly, again, I mean, this goes back to the the whole Andy Dalton, you know, situation. Like, this is a really solid, like, this is a home run as a backup to have. Yeah. A guy who has been a starter the last few years. Yes, he has not been great. Mm-hmm. He's shown signs that he can be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's also shown, you know, that he turns the ball over quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I'd rather have him probably than either of the quarterbacks in Chicago right now. Well, yeah. I mean, so... For New Orleans, you know, luckily you have this guy to bounce, you know, you know, to hand your team to while Drew, you know, tends to his injury. And uh, again, with a guy like Jameis, this should at least two, but I give them three of the next four as long as that defense can continue yeah. to play the way they have. I think the, the tricky thing with those next two games, Atlanta obviously has not played as well as they should have, but nope. at any moment that offense can really score. And so that's the scary situation. If they yeah. put up if they put up points and Jameis has to pass, that's when I can think that's where I think that offense can fall apart a little bit if they're gonna rely on him to throw the ball 30, 40 times a game. Yep. Um because yep. it's, it's just the turnovers are just gonna happen. Well and I mean if I'm any team playing the Saints right now, that's exactly what I'm doing. I am yep. loading the box. I am making sure I've got I'm throwing everything <laughs> at Alvin Kamara and I am just forcing Jameis to beat me. Which, you know, in some instances he can because he's got good weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be fun to watch, honestly. But yeah, if I'm any defensive coordinator, yep. I'm putting eight in the box. Jameis, you're going to have to beat me. <laughs> and Jameis, here's some advice for you. Check it down to your running back. Just don't worry about the wide receivers. Of course, here Check we go. Yeah. As, a, as a Alvin Kamara fantasy owner, <laughs> Drew is great at that. I think that will be just the key to unlocking your career. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so let's talk about a team that last year kind of I don't know. Maybe they did beat expectations in, especially offensively. Let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. They're six and three. Yep. Um, just have it looked right yep. all year long. Yep. Um, so I'm going to kick it to you, Keith. What do you, what do you see as the main problem with this, this Ravens team? Uh, I mean, I th- first of all, they're very inconsistent offensively. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the critical thing. You know, they'll have a week where JK Dobbins or Ingram or someone, you know, Gus Edwards will have, you know, 80 to 100 yards and, you know, they're solid. Um, And then another week that, you know, Lamar Jackson is your leading rusher with 50 yards. Um, And then, of course, as, you know, has been his Achilles heel, when it comes to big games, Lamar Jackson just does not show up. You know, Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh put the pressure on him um, and forced, I believe, two turnovers. Um, This past week against now this past week was, you know, really heavy weather with, you know, rain and tough weather. It was cold. You know, it's tough, but you're a professional and you're expected to, you know, still play well, you know, and in those big games, you know, he just hasn't. Of course, you can go ahead and shine against Cincinnati Bengals who's Mm -hmm. still, you know, um, rebuilding and and other teams. But I'm looking at, you know, this Ravens team against that superior talent, Pittsburgh and I mean, and. Um, New England's not even superior talent at this point, you know, but they just didn't play well against them. Um, you know, the Brown, I, w- I want to see what they're able to do against superior talent. And thus far, it hasn't been great. The, Ch- the Chiefs stomped them, yeah. you know, real bad. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the, the Andy Dalton where, you know, Andy Dalton has some really solid games and then there's a primetime game. Yeah. He goes absent. That's how I kind of see these Ravens right now. Um, and I'm looking for them to really show up when the stage is, you know, is brightest. When you look at the at the stats, they're second in the league in, in rushing the ball. Yep. The the group of Ingram, Dobbins, and Edwards works yeah. with with of course Lamar Jackson running the ball as For well. Sure. 
Um, it, you don't know who it's going to be from week to week. Some day, sometimes it's Dobbins, sometimes it's Edwards, sometimes it's Ingram, but it works. The passing game is the problem. They're yep. second to last in the NFL in passing, yep. only to the Jets. <laughs> Even the Browns pass for more yards <laughs> yeah. than the Ravens, and they do it by design. They are mm-hmm. not trying to make Baker do too much. Um, and right now they're tied with the Browns for second place in that division. Yep. Um, so they're kind of running out of time to figure it out. Yep. You know, they signed Des Bryant. Um, he's still working his way onto the field they to see if he'll too. play. They need him. Um, so quick update. Um, watching ESPN, we just heard about Clay Thompson's right leg injury. A source um, in the know about the Clay Thompson injury simply said, not good. Mm. Um, mm. We'll talk more about that in the NBA section, but I wanted to let Oof. you guys know as we're hearing it. Sheesh. That's big news coming out of the NBA. Clay Thompson with a right leg injury. We still don't know what it is exactly. Initial report saying it's not good. And this is not the same leg that he hurt last year. It's the other leg. So anyway, we'll get back to that. Talk about 2020. My goodness. I mean, the Warriors want to throw this whole year away. (laughs) Um, But yeah, back to the back to the Ravens. Um, So these next two games are key for them. Yep. They play the Titans and they play the Steelers. Um, Revenge game, but it's in Pittsburgh. Is weather going to be a factor in this one as well? Pittsburgh is hot. Yeah. They're, the, they're the hottest team in the NFL Best right now. Best team in the NFL right now. Um, and Tennessee is really tough defensively, and they're going to be very, really physical with this team. Now, def- a, that's another revenge game because the yeah. Titans beat them last year in the playoffs. Yep. Um, and so the defense for the for the Ravens has been great. Yes, has been great all year. But the passing game, and you would think with the things that. Lamar Jackson can do that things will kind of open up, but they just haven't been able to figure that out. And so some of that I think is play calling. Um, And then I think some of it is just players not producing as, as you would hope, especially Marquise Brown. Yeah. Well, and Marquise was complaining about not getting the ball enough. So that's, you know, that kind of goes back to play calling, but um, I mean, they need another guy. You yeah. know, uh, you can't have Marquise be your number one. I just don't think he's a number he's young. one. I mean, he's a young receiver. He's a young receiver. He's not very tall yeah. either. You know, mm-hmm. so it's not someone you can just throw the ball up and he's going to go get it. Right. And I think that's what they're missing. And if Des Bryant can be even 60% of mm-hmm. what he was, you know, when he was, you know, with Dallas, that gives their offense so much more. Because, I mean, I think Boyle just got hurt. Mm-hmm. So now all the pressure's on Mark Andrews, yep. which normally he's a very reliable target. This year hasn't been. It's not been a very good year for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantasy owners know that. So I don't know. It's just, you know, right now the Ravens are not even in my top three for the AFC. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, they're in, in danger of possibly not making the playoffs. Yep. So I mean, the Browns are right there. Yeah. And, and the Browns are playing better. I mean, if we just look at, the way they've been playing. They've yeah. been focusing on that run game. That opens up the pass game. Baker's yeah. got weapons. Yep. Um, you know, and the Ravens don't. They don't have as many weapons in the sense of receivers and all. So it's ooh, it's it's gonna be tight for the Ravens. Yeah. But uh, you know, hey, there's still some football to play and Lamar still has some uh some games to try to uh you know make up for some of these rough ones that they've had recently. The, the thing you can they can rely on is that they've seen Lamar do it. They've just yeah. gotta get everything back working the way that it needs to work for them to be effective. So yeah. when you have a weapon like Lamar, you always know that it can happen. But I mean basically since that Tennessee Titans game forward we haven't seen that same type of production from the offense nope. that, you, that we thought we would. Nope. Um, so these next two games, especially against tough defenses in Tennessee and Pittsburgh, teams that are going to run it at them and be able to make some plays downfield in the passing game, it's really going to test this Ravens defense. And we're going to see what they're really made of in, in this next two-game stretch. Yeah, I mean, we haven't... 
the truth is, you said, you know, we know he can do it. Honestly, we don't know he can do it when the stage is brightest. Right. Yep. That's the biggest, yep. that's his Achilles heel right now. So uh, we'll see. I, of course, I'm still rooting for him, black quarterback. We want him to do well. Mm-hmm. But right now, he's really struggling, you know, in those big, big games. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about games to watch this week. Oh, man. Um, so it's a few marquee ones. We got yes, a big one is. Thursday. Thursday night. Um, Can't wait. I'll start off. I, the the Titans Ravens game is a game I'm looking at. Uh, mm-hmm. Two teams kind of moving in different directions. Tennessee hit a rough patch, but it looks like they're starting to kind of figure some things out. Tough loss this past week. Yeah, though. tough yeah. loss. But um, it, they've been kind of up and down. At times they look like a contender. Sometimes they look like eh, running the mill. It's a revenge, big revenge game for the yeah. Ravens. Yeah. They want to prove that they are still the better team. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they can how uh they offensively can get some things rolling yep. um because it just has it like we talked about it hasn't looked right all year yeah uh well i mean you mentioned thursday night uh revenge game for you know russell wilson and yeah. the seahawks um who i mean that the last game was just incredible to watch so i'm just hoping that it can be you know just a portion of what it was uh the last time these two teams played um the Seahawks secondary is not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kyler Murray, you know, I'm expecting them to kind of, you know, get him going, of course, as always, you know, unleash him, just let him do what he does. And uh, it'll be fun to watch. But I think the game that I'm really looking at um, are the later games uh, Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, including Green Bay and the Colts. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven and two Green Bay Packers, six and three Colts. Colts have been solid defensively. That's allowed for Phillip Rivers to, you know, have the ball with good field position. Uh, they're they're tossing in different running backs. Um, they got um, uh, Naheem Hines. They have Jonathan Taylor. Um, they've got Jordan Wilkins. So they have a decent um, running back core. You haven't seen a whole lot of T.Y. Hilton, um, that mm-hmm. connection with, with Rivers. Uh, but Rivers has found all the other guys, honestly. <laughs> so, um, you know, and that's at the Colts. So I'm going to be watching how the Colts try to put pressure on Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones is still, you know, hasn't been a hundred percent coming back from his injury. I want to see how he gets, how he gets going. And then, um, chiefs Raiders revenge game for the chiefs. Their only loss, you know, is to the Raiders. So, um, I'm curious to see how, you know, the Raiders will, you know, they've been playing well, Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr, Darren Waller, forget you for dropping that touchdown pass this past <laughs> week. Um, but, uh, the Raiders have looked good. Um, so I'm, I'm, that's another matchup that I'm looking for. Oh yeah. Definitely a better slate of games this, this week. Oh yeah. Um, Very good. especially the, the primetime games have been really rough lately, but primetime games should be a lot better this week. And Rams Buccaneers on Monday yeah. night. That's going to be a really yeah. solid game. So, yeah, great great football in the fans this week. Great football. So, Keith, let's do our fantasy football oh, update. Of course, he, of course he wants to do this. Yes. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, let's give a round of applause to Malcolm. He yes. finally got a win this week. Finally. Uh, I made a huge mistake of keeping Josh Jacobs on my bench uh and instead I had Mike uh, Michael Thomas in my flex. And uh, he put up about four points. And Josh Jacobs, of course, as many of you know, put up over 20. So, um, you know, uh, hey, it was Malcolm's birthday. You know, hey, he got his win. uh, But I will be uh, taking back the crown this week. I have some very favorable matchups. And I'm, you know, highly expecting or anticipating another victory. But it'll be fun. Uh, The only one that has not been doing well at all recently has been... The one and only Ian Morgan. Oh, man. Uh, his team has been rough. Christian McCaffrey's out again this week. Um, so, Zeke Elliott was his number one pick. He can't drop him. He's been really bad. Oh. So, hey, Ian, we're praying for you, brother. <laughs> I'm just having – look, my, to be honest, my goal every week is just not to lose to Ian. Yeah. Because then I feel like I failed completely. 
Um, finally got the first win. I've had a couple of the chances you that have. just didn't fall the right way this yep. week. Everything finally fell. And the Dalvin right Cook way. didn't have a, you know, yes, 30 he didn't go off yeah, for he did 50 not go off. points again. I figured he wouldn't. I knew it was going to be tough. You know, the Bears run defense is just stout. Yeah. They're stout. So, And then we're actually head to head this week. Um, so I'll be watching our scores it's very carefully. It's going to be interesting. And our, our estimated scores are pretty close. So yep. it might be another down to the wire. <laughs> yeah. Sunday. If we have another NFL recap, you know, this Sunday night, we'll probably be oh, watching some stuff happen as we're recording. Oh, man. That's a good shout out NFL post game live. We haven't done it the last couple weeks. Hopefully, we'll be back this week. We'll see. We back, baby. It's three of us. Is it two of us? Is it one of us? We'll We'll see. see. (laughs) So let's talk some college football. Yep. Um, The games were lackluster this weekend. Um, Terrible. But let's talk about some coaches on the hot seat. Mm. Um, We had our first firing, Will Muschamp in South Carolina, getting fired. Um, I believe he was in year two or three there. Yeah. Um. So that obviously gets the conversation rolling, and now that's the first job to come open. Mm-hmm. Um, so what coaches are we looking at on the hot seat, Keith? I, I think I know where you're going. you you got to know where I'm going. <laughs> um, well, actually, you know what? Before I get to the, the main one, I think James Franklin is uh, on the hot seat. Yeah. Uh, Penn State has not been – don't get me wrong. He came in in a different, difficult situation. Mm-hmm. Um, he did have some decent years, especially with Saquon being there. Um, but since Saquon's been gone, they just haven't been good. Uh, Sean Clifford, the, the quarterback play has been lackluster. Um, and then, of course, the defense hasn't been great. Um, and and that's a school that is expecting to be, you know, competing mm-hmm. for Big Ten championships. So um, I hate that, you know, a black head coach, you know, is on the hot seat. But he is definitely on the hot seat for me. Um, and then, of course, of course, Mr. Harbaugh. Yep. Um, Many Michigan fans, and I talked to quite a few, um, just just for conversation. I don't make fun of them too much, but um, <laughs> but they were all saying, you know, hey, he's our guy. You know, there's not many other names out there, and I understand that. But at the same point, this Michigan team just looks really bad. Looks like the effort is not there. You can't coach effort. It, you either got it or you don't. They don't look like they have it. Um, quarterback play has been bad, and, and Jim Harbaugh was quarterback himself, which is in, extremely um, interesting. And at this point, the excuses are done because these are now his recruits. When he first got there, those were not his recruits. But I honestly compare this to like a hope type of, you know, where they just weren't good. They weren't good. They weren't competing against Ohio State. The last few games have really not been very competitive. Um, And now they're losing, you know. Now, of course, COVID is happening and, Mm -hmm. you know, all of these type of things. But it's just not Michigan football. And I know what Michigan football is like growing up watching, you know, um, the Chris Perry's and the, you know, all the other great, you know, uh, Michigan teams. It just it's not there. So I think he's definitely on the hot seat, too. The only issue for that is I don't know who you go and get for a guy to, you know, revitalize that program I just, not too many names out there chris perry was the only michigan player you could think of no was, of course <laughs> not but he was one that i was like man you that said chris perry and i was like why did you pick that one i mean i mean of course you brady Desmond howard Tom, and i don't even remember brady as much uh-huh. uh, at michigan i was still young yeah so you know you know the guys like chris perry guys like oh, i mean henny was just braylon average. edwards braylon edwards those guys are the guys that you know uh-huh. that i remember but of course, I mean they—they're used to good football, yep. you know, and they haven't been really, really good since Lloyd Carr. 
So I've been I've been trying to push off the John the Jim Harbaugh hot seat. I still think they shouldn't fire him because I don't know. Like I, like you said, I've mentioned it too. I just don't know where you go. Yeah. Um, Nebraska made this mistake and they've never recovered. Other schools have made this mistake where they just want the, a better coach and it didn't yeah. work. Yep. Um. So, but there's there's to to give Michigan a little bit of bail. They did lose after the Big Ten said they weren't playing in the fall. They yep. did lose their number one corner yep. and their number one wide receiver. Yep. Um, and they didn't opt back in. Um, so they came in at a disadvantage, already losing a lot of guys from that defensive front. Yep. Uh, Chase Winovich is gone. Winovich. Um, they had an all pro, uh, um, all Big Ten cornerback that's escaping my mind, but they lost some talent and they're, and they're young, especially on offense. Yeah, for sure. A lot of young guys. So I give them a little bit of bail with that. And they have a top quarterback recruit coming in next year from IMG Academy. I would like to see them, him Harbaugh get one more year. And if next year he doesn't do it, then it's, I think it's time to really, but he's, the seat is definitely hot. It's um, hot. They've got to finish strong in these last few games and have a good showing against Ohio State, even though this is a year that I don't think anyone expects Ohio State to lose. No. And we'll talk a little bit about a big game coming up later, but yeah. the James Franklin situation I think is a little worse. They haven't won any games this year. Nope. Um, and that team, maybe not the top of the Big Ten, maybe not even top three, maybe. But yeah, And they're missing Micah Parsons, and that's, that that's is, huge. That's big. That's huge. But they should not be 0-4. No. They absolutely no should means. not be 0-4. Um, and James Franklin is another guy in the Big Ten that recruits well. He yeah. gets high quality talent to that school. Um, they should be better. Yeah. Um, once again with Penn State, who do you, who do you get? Yep. Hugh Freeze looks like an interesting name. I think he's a more interesting name in South Carolina in the SEC. Yeah. Going yes. back to the SEC, yep. they yep. need somebody to kind of breathe some life into that program in yep. Columbia. Um, I think that would be a really good. And would make the SEC even more interesting with all those other yep. <laughs> big name coaches that are there. Yeah, uh, but the name that that I think earlier in the year we would we heard more about. There's little rumblings here and there. Is Tom Herman? It the Texas thing just hasn't. Nope. He's had he's had um, Ellinger there for four years. Yeah, and even with that, and the they've had elite talent at wide receiver. Yep, the defense has been up and down. That's been a, a and the running game hasn't been great. But they've been able to score points. Yeah. But when it comes to the big games, they just have not been able to get over the hump and to be able to put themselves in a position to be in the playoff. Yeah. Um, I don't think he would be a good name. I don't think he would be a name for Michigan, at least. Yeah. No. Um, well, I'm talking about him as being on the hot seat. Oh, on the hot seat. Okay. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, yeah. I don't think he would be on the hot seat yet. Um, well, here's here's the thing. He addressed this week. That he's hearing rumors that people are talking about Urban Meyer replacing him in Texas. Yeah, I did see that story. And if Texas thinks thinks they can get Urban Meyer, or they've had conversations with Urban Meyer, right? Love you, Tom Herman. Yeah, but see you later, brother. We'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> see you, man. And, and and then that would be an interesting name that could feel, you know. Uh, this whole Urban Meyer thing, just you know, I, 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 we talked about this yes, two years ago. We, we did. He'll be back. He, yeah, he'll be and, back. I don't know if it's Texas. We don't know if it's – well, I don't know. I don't know how much USC likes their coach in, mm -hmm. in Helton, but that was always a name. Florida State is another name. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, Urban's not coming anywhere without a decent quarterback. Exactly. And, you know, go, he wants to go somewhere to win. Right. Um, so, I don't I don't know. I think he may actually be done this year. Who knows? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Herman is an interesting name, actually. Um, but I'll tell you this much. If I'm a, if I'm a, a school – or even NFL, like Will Muschamp is a good defensive coordinator. Absolutely. So if I'm anyone, I'm like I'm getting on the phone. Hey, bro, you want to you want to come coach some defense? If LSU, I'm, <laughs> if, if I'm Jim Harbaugh, Will Muschamp. Yep. 
Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Your defensive coordinator, he, hey, he's not cutting it. You get Will Muschamp, that's real solid. So, alarming all coaches out there, Will Muschamp yeah. knows how to win on defense at least. Yeah. So. Yeah. We'll see more names develop as the season goes on. Yep. Um, yeah. So, it'll be interesting to see how these teams finish up this year because that's going to be a big determining factor, particularly Penn State and Michigan. How they finish this year, I think, is going to determine if if Penn State goes 0-5, 0-6, yep, he's gone. I, think, I don't think he survives the season. Nope. Um, and I think those screams get a lot louder coming from Happy Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, so, let's talk about – we're not going to do our, our normal games to watch. There's two really big, ga- yep, big games that we're going to talk about. Yep. And so, let's start off with Ohio State versus Indiana. Yeah. Indiana, one of the surprise teams in the country right now. Yep. Um, obviously, they changed their their quarterback that Keith loves, uh, Michael Penix Jr. That originally committed to Tennessee came to Indiana, and they've just been lighting up lighting cottage football. Yep. Um, so, what does Indiana have to do to compete against Ohio State? Uh, they have to take advantage of the what I would say is the only you know area of opportunity for Ohio State, and that's their secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got to put up points, and they've got to put up points in, I mean, they've got to put up 40, 50 points if they want to beat Ohio State. Um, because Justin Fields has just been incredible. Um, he's finding, I mean, like, he just looks really, really good. He's definitely in that Heisman talk right now, even though he missed a game. Uh, I mean, because you look at his stats, he's thrown the ball for 908 yards and 11 touchdowns, mm-hmm. and Penix has played one more game and has only a, another 100 yards mm-hmm. and two less interceptions and three interceptions. Justin Fields has not a single turnover. So mm-hmm. you you got to, first of all, you got to make, you know, Ohio State, um, you got to shut down the running game. You cannot allow, if if Ohio State's running the ball efficiently, forget about it, because then Justin Fields is just going to open up the passing game and go. Um, but you have to shut down the running game, make Justin Fields beat you with his arm, which is still something that he can do. And then for their offense, they've got to, you know, take care, take care of that secondary. Cause that's the one, you know, area for me, even though, uh, Sean Wade can't opt it back in the secondary, you know, and I don't know if it's just because they get lax cause they get big leads or what it is, but there's times where the secondary looks pretty weak. So that's their recipe. They have got to score points and, uh, you know, Penix is a guy that can get it done with his arm. He's shown. So, uh, you know, and he can't have turnovers. Yeah. If you turn the ball over against Ohio state, forget about it. Yeah. And I, I honestly don't know what we know about this Ohio State team. They haven't played anybody really. No, they have not. Um, so how will they? You know, in this in a in a game that's going to be a lot of eyes, eyes are going to be watching them. This Indiana team is coming in very confident. Yep. And historically, the type of quarterback that gives them problems is the quarterback who can run yep. and pass. Yep. And and Penix, we've seen it. He doesn't have big rushing numbers, um, but we've seen it, especially in that first game. Um, where they had the big overtime win or double overtime win, he can make some plays with his legs. Absolutely. So is that going to be an area that Ohio State's going to have to pay attention to? The secondary, like you said, is where I'm really looking. Um, And can they get anything going with the running game? Yeah. Um, If they can get a little bit of support in the running game to help Penix in the passing game, then I think this could be interesting. But they've got to score a lot of points because Ohio State is going to score. Yep. They're going to – there's just not enough – on that defense for them to cover all the guys on Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, they've only allowed 19 points a game on defense, mm-hmm. which is even better than Ohio State, um, you know, through four games, which, you know, says a lot. Mm-hmm. So, but again, they haven't played anyone like Ohio State, yeah. and Ohio State hasn't played anyone with the offensive, you know, pros of, of Indiana. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a fun matchup to watch. Um, but yeah, that, that running game, because, you know, of course we lost, you know, 
uh, J.K. Dobbins and Master Teague just isn't that the mm-hmm. same type of back. They did bring in Trey Sermon, but it hasn't been you know a, a consistent running rushing attack for Iowa State. So mm-hmm. I think those two rushing attacks will be fun to watch too. And then with with a game like this, we are a little probably overmatched on paper. Yep, you've got to get out to a good start. You yeah. want to put some pressure on Ohio State. Yep. You see this in a lot with a lot of these bigger teams, Alabama, all these things. If you could put pressure in the beginning of the game, put yep. some doubt in their mind, yep. um, and make them kind of chase you, yep. then you've got an opportunity. But if Ohio State gets off to a fourteen or twenty one point lead, it's, it's I don't, I just don't think they can do enough to nope. keep up with that. Nope. And and the good thing for all these teams right now this year that are you know underdogs like you don't really have this huge fan base that you have to you know concern yourself with Mm -hmm. so really it just comes down to the x's and o's and at this point ohio state can't even have any fans not even their family this week uh just because of some uh some orders that um have been put in place by the state so uh that's going to be very very intriguing so I'll definitely be watching at least a little bit of that game. We'll see what else is going on. But Bedlam is oh, happening man. this weekend. You oh, know I'm excited. Man. In-state rivalry, Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma. Um, this is a really big game, particularly in the Big 12. Yeah. Um, as they try to jockey for position. Um, I can start off with this one. Go ahead. Spencer Rattler is the key for this. Absolutely. Um, he's got to play well in the in the turnovers. We cannot turn the ball over against this team nope. in this kind of game. Um, I know a lot of guys that have played in this rivalry. You're playing against guys that you've played against all your life in yeah. high school. And um, so there's going to be a lot of emotion attached to this game. This is Spencer's first really – First go at this rivalry game as well. So um, he's going to be the key. The turnovers, they've got to be able to control the turnovers against this really good Oklahoma State defense. This is one of the best, better defenses they've had over the last few years. They only allow 17 points a game. Right. That's solid. Um, And so this is really going to be a test for them. Um, And then on the defensive side of the ball, Oklahoma has has to play more consistent defense in this game because Oklahoma State's offense hasn't been explosive, but the weapons are all there. They're Chuba there. Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard, Tyler Wallace. Yep. Um, they can they they can put up points. So yep. defensively, they've got to try as best they can control that um, and and try to keep them out of the end zone. Turnovers, 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 turnovers. When Oklahoma's yep. defense is at its best, is when it's getting turnovers, and that's been a, a point of struggle over the last few years. But I think what could swing this game is a couple turnovers by this defense, I think, could really um, allow them to put a little bit of space between themselves and the Cowboys uh, when it comes down to it. Yeah, I mean, uh, in six games, you know, their quarterback only has three interceptions, Mm -hmm. which is not bad at all. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so Oklahoma State doesn't turn the ball over as often. So you're right. If they can, you know, create some of those turnovers, that could be huge. I'm I'm watching Chuba Hubbard, though. I'm watching. I mean, this guy has 581 yards, five touchdowns already this season. So it's almost a touchdown a game. I want to see how you guys are able to contain him and force Sanders to make throws. Um, I mean, he. Three turn, I mean, three interceptions. I mean, it's it's decent through six games, but mm-hmm. it means that he can't, you know, can and will make mistakes. But for you all as well, Spencer Rattler has double the amount of interceptions. Yep. He's still a young quarterback. I mean, he's thrown for two thousand yards already. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. He's got eighteen touchdowns, but yet six interceptions. Mm-hmm. So he's got. If you guys turn the ball over, as you said, once or twice, it's probably game over mm-hmm. um, because they'll be able to, you know, man the clock with their running game and all. So. Um, this will be another fun one to watch. It's a night game. It's in Norman. I, wait, where is it? Where'd you say it is? Uh, I don't know where it is. I think it's at Oklahoma. I think you guys have home home field in we, this one. This is, yep. Yes, it's in Norman. Norman. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, you know, um, 
Yeah, that's those are the. I mean, in in Oklahoma, you guys are only allowing ninety eight rushing yards a game. Mm-hmm. You know, so not too many teams are getting over that hundred yard mark. Mm-hmm. So if Chuba Hubbard goes over a hundred, I think they probably beat you all. Yeah. Yeah. I think if I mean this is not a hot take, but if we lose a turnover battle, we yeah. lose the game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, we can't we can't afford that against a team like this. Nope. Um, and you know, like I said, this is going to be. I think whoever wins this game has a really good track to getting into that Big Twelve championship game. Um, and then from there, we'll see what happens. Yep. And whether it's a fourteen playoff, do they expand it with all these cancellations? Real oh, quick, gosh. we didn't plan to talk about this, but there's more cancellations. Yep, Texas A and M. This is their second cancel or excuse me postponement in a row. Yep, um, and they're the number five team in the country. And they were playing really well season yes. before, which means when they come back, they they could be rusty again. Yeah. Like it's bad, man. And this is a team that played Alabama tough and beat Florida, a team yep. that we had talked about possibly being a playoff team. Yep. Um, so how does that, how could that affect their ability to get into the playoff, um, as, as that fourth, third or fourth team that that'll be key to look at moving forward. It will. And I mean, in, in Ohio state, hopefully won't have any more cancellations because yeah. if they do, they're missing another game or two on the resume. Now mm-hmm. there's still no doubt. Everyone believes they're yeah. a top four team. Mm-hmm. However, um, cancellations and all, you know, it's just what COVID is bringing. And yeah. so, uh, I hope the NCAA is ready oh, uh, to make some, some big decisions because uh, they're going to have to. Oh, and Malcolm, another good game, real quick. Just throwing this out there: Wisconsin Northwestern yeah. battle of unbeaten. Yep, I'm rolling with Northwestern still because um, that was my pick. But uh, that's <laughs> going to be another fun yeah. one to watch at three thirty um, in the Big Ten. Yep, Big Ten West. Those are really probably the two teams we're looking at coming out of the West at this point. Yep, I mean, Minnesota's pretty much out of it. Yep. I don't think have they won. I don't think they've won a game this year. I uh, don't know if they have, <laughs> uh, but. Uh, Wisconsin came back pretty strong against Michigan. Yep. So this is going to be, this is going to be the biggest test for Northwestern Absolutely. up to this point. Absolutely. Um, are they for real? We'll see. And this West division is so, this division is so weak at yep. the, t- at the top. I mean, the Big uh, Ten is not very strong no. as a whole, but I mean, over the last, I don't even know how many, I feel like the West has always been just the little brother of the, of the East. I don't know why <laughs> they put Ohio State and Michigan in the same, they should be in different ones. Well, you that. know why they, because originally they were in opposite conferences, and then everybody was like, "Well, I don't, we don't. That's not fair. They could play each other twice in a row. Get over it. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's, good football game. But it's a good football game. It's stupid. But okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's let's go ahead and switch gears to to the NBA. Mm. Um, the breaking news today um, that came out just before we recorded the podcast: Clay Thompson lower leg injury. Yep. It's his right leg. He tore the ACL in his left leg. Not this past season, but the season before that in the finals. And he missed all of last season. Um, no details yet about what the injury is or how severe it is, but initial reports are, are saying that it's not good. Um, so real quick, before we get to the rest of our NBA topics, yep. are the Warriors a championship contender without Klay Thompson? No, there's no way. Nope. Uh, Steph cannot carry the Warriors himself. Mm-hmm. And he found that out, you know, um, he saw it when he played against LeBron and LeBron didn't have K love. He didn't have Kyrie. LeBron did everything he could and they fell short. Steph saw the same thing when KD went down and then clay went down. Um, and he just couldn't do it. He could not swing it. He's a great scorer. Um, and they play good team basketball, but there's no way the Warriors win without clay Thompson. No way. Yeah. I mean, not just even offensively, but defensively, he's a, a great a top, defender. A top end defender can Absolutely. defend one through three. I mean, defensively, I think 
they may miss him a little bit more than offensively oh, yeah. because there's just not nobody that that can um, defend on the wing like he can. Now yeah. they do have Draymond, who's versatile and could do some things. But when you have two guys like that, yeah. that's a much different defensive equation. And than Draymond just can't one. guard the guards with, yeah. with quick feet. You know, he can do his best, but uh, he couldn't do that. Yeah, so it's it's you know even as a person who's not a Warriors fan, you hate to see this for a guy who's yeah. worked as hard as he has to get back for sure. And you know it would have made the NBA real interesting to see this Warriors team with the yes. number two pick coming in, yes. the talent they have, what moves, other moves would they be making? Um, that would just be a fun, and especially they're in the same division as the mm-hmm. Lakers, so they play them at least four times. Yep. Um, I mean that could be just a fun a, a fun playoffs series. So our thoughts are definitely going out to Clay Thompson. Yes, we'll get you guys an update. As soon as we get it, uh, whether it's on the pod or in instant take, uh, we definitely want to make sure we talk about that. Yep. But let's talk about some of these early trades that happened before we get into our NBA free agency preview. Yep. Uh, Chris Paul to the Suns. Um, mm-hmm. We had Drew Holiday going to the Bucks. Yep. The Lakers getting Dennis Schroeder. Yep. Which one of these deals was the most interesting to you? Oh, the most interesting. I, I think the Drew Holiday is the most interesting because mm-hmm. of what – um, Milwaukee had to give up to get him. Yeah. I thought it was a pretty high price tag. And don't get me wrong, Drew is a solid point guard, um, but you give up a lot. Now, I know you're trying to go all in to keep Giannis um, after this next upcoming season. I get it. But you gave up, I believe it's like two first-round picks um, and, a, and another pick in order to get him, uh, which is interesting to say the least. And you gave up George Hill uh, which I mean, it's not a huge deal. Uh, George Hill and um, the other point guard is slipping Eric my mind. Bledsoe. Bledsoe. So uh, you know, so it was three first round picks, three first rounds, there and two pick swaps. So yeah, and the swaps are huge mm-hmm. um, because I mean that positions um, you know you for a lottery potentially with some of those picks. And now you know, whew, I don't know. It's not going to be good. Yeah. Not going to be good, and and they had to get rid of a lot of their depth. I mean, a lot of their depth. The luxury of having George Hill and Eric Bledsoe, um, especially George Hill, could play either guard position yep. on or off the ball. Yep, you have two borderline starter caliber point guards that you can play. Now you bring in Drew Holiday, who obviously is one of the top um, combo guards in the league, yeah. can guard multiple positions, yep. good off or on the ball. Yep. Um, so it makes sense there. But you, they put up a lot of collateral yes, for this. They did um, to bring this guy in and. I'm not sure if it makes them – it may raise their ceiling a little bit, but I don't think it clearly makes them better than than anybody else in the conference. Nope. Um, <laughs> I mean, everybody would really have to play above their heads to really – and then they also – Wes Matthews opted, opted out of his contract, um, and it doesn't look like he's going to resign there. So they're losing a lot of depth with this yep. and then future assets. So if yep. this doesn't work out with Giannis, say he doesn't decide to resign there, you're in a really tough position with mm-hmm. um with no real way to get better, especially draft-wise. But if you want to talk about big threes in the in the East, you do have Drew Holiday, you have Chris Milton and you have Giannis. And that at least and puts potentially Bogdanovich. We don't know if it's going to happen or not. Yeah. But. So the Bogdanovich deal is the other thing that <laughs> is it's such a king's thing for them to do. <laughs> agree to this trade, and Bogdanovich is like, "Hey, I never agreed to go there. Exactly. So exactly. I'm just not going to sign the contract." <laughs> um, so now that would have made once again reduce their depth even more, even more. But yep. they've got their essentially their starting five there with Brook Lopez, Bogdanovich, Giannis, 
Holiday, and Middleton. And they're just going to be signing a bunch of mi- minimums. A lot of minimum contracts. <laughs> uh, Kyle Corver will still probably yeah. be there. You know. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see if that deal goes through. Yeah. It, it obviously makes them very top-heavy. He- yes, it does. Um, but they're doing all they can to, to keep Giannis. I mean, they you, are. You, in a city like Milwaukee, you lose a guy like Giannis, it's... It could be a bad, be bad situation. Yep. And now you ain't got collateral to like uh, get trades and stuff like that if he's gone. You ain't got draft picks. I mean, this kind of feels like what the Cavs did. Yep. Um, LeBron's last year yep. where they made that deal, got all those picks to get those guys to help them in that playoff run and actually help the Lakers have enough money to sign LeBron <laughs> and eventually bring in AD. And then LeBron oh, leaves. It goes. Yep. Anyway. yep. You know, it's bad. Oh, it's bad. Man. And then, so the, the deal I'm, I'm actually, Chris Paul to the, to the Suns is interesting that it makes the Suns better. I just don't know if, if they even make the play. The West is so tough. So, now, with the injury to Clay Thompson, yeah. does that open up a window for them? Well, I think, here's the thing. They were one of the hottest teams in the bubble. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, Devin Booker was unbelievable. The way that team gelled together, I, it was amazing to watch. Mm-hmm. So if they can play that well next year, they yeah. make the playoffs. No question. Yeah. Because Chris Paul is just going to bring leadership. He's going to make guys around him better. It's going to be good. But um, what's it going to look like with him in that rotation? Um, Devin Booker's a guy who needs the ball in his hands. Uh, but I think he, he's a good enough shooter that he can play off the ball. For sure. He just hasn't had to in Phoenix. They Correct. really haven't had that kind of point guard. Yep. Except for last year with Rubio, who's a little bit more of a competent point guard. Yeah, who's now uh, gone. So. Yeah. But um, but I think Booker can play off the ball. He just hasn't had the ability to. They've had to put the ball in his hands yeah, more. That's a good point. That's a good point. So I'll be watching. That'll be fun. I think the pressure will be on Aiton to really step up this year as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. To, to be the solid, what, they get him at two, one? One. One, yeah. yeah. To be the number one pick that he, you know, was. So And he looked good in the bubble. Yeah, he, he looked did. really good in he the did. bubble. He did. So he's got to continue that on to this next year. And, and there will be a really fun, anywhere between five and eight seed yeah. uh, in the West. Yeah, and I think this, you know, depending on what other moves they make around the edges, it could be higher. Yep. But I was actually going to talk about the the Schroeder to the Lakers deal. Mm. I think the Lakers made a big upgrade here. Huge. It's the, the reviews have been mixed on this, but I think the twenty eighth pick isn't going to help the Lakers. If the no. if the if the number twenty eight pick plays for you in your uh, championship level team, something has gone horribly wrong or horribly right or horribly but right, right, more right, than exactly. likely horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so you get rid of that. You get rid of Danny Green, who's what thirty three. Yeah, didn't have a great playoffs. No, was playing not. hurt, and you bring in a guy in Dennis Schroeder who's twenty seven, I believe, coming off second in the six man of the year voting, averaged over eighteen points, shot over thirty six percent from three and over forty yep. percent on catch and shoot threes. Yep. It gives them a guy who can be a really good playmaker for them, uh particularly with the second unit, and then can play off of LeBron and A D in a way that no one else can. And then especially in this season where the season is going to be really truncated, they're coming back less than two months after the the previous season ends, he's a guy that can carry the offensive t- at times and be a number two to LeBron if AD is out or a number two to, to AD when LeBron is out. Yep. Um, and it gives him a lot of more a lot more versatility. And I think there's more moves that they're going to make, uh, particularly with their mid-level exception and the fact that they're the Lakers and they're going to get some of these minimum guys yep. that you yep. wouldn't expect. Do they do they bring back Rondo? That's the th- if he wants to be there. Yeah. But I think Rondo like Dwight Howard and some other guys want to get paid. I think they're going to bring back KCP and I think they should. I think KCP deserves the deal that he's going to get because of the way he played in the playoffs. Um, especially losing Danny Green. I think they need to bring back KCP um, and they can go over the cap to sign him. Um, yeah, uh, I, Rondo. 
I just don't know if we're going to get the same Rondo two years in a row, especially in a short year. Yeah. Um, but if, if it's a deal that I think if it's a deal that works, but I, I just don't know if you want to invest too much money in Rondo at this point in his career. Yeah, not too much, but I think, you know, Rondo, if he wants, I think it depends on what Rondo wants. Right. Does he want to still compete for a chip or does he want to try to go and, you know, go to his like 13th or 14th yeah. team and, and try to And the get rumor money. is the Clippers are interested in him. Oh God, I hope he doesn't go to the so Clippers. He wants to, that would be terrible. He wants to play with his old coach, Doc. And yeah. They'll, they'll no, no, Doc's not there anymore. Oh, that's right. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. You're right. Ty, Ty Lue is there. Ty Lue is there. Um, but they, they have a hole at point guard that they need to fill. They, they struggled there, um, yeah. particularly in the playoffs. Um, he wouldn't do that, would he? If he wants to be there, I don't know. We'll have to see. I, I would love to see him back, but it's got to be for the right amount of money. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's we can't, we can't overpay. Money. Not at this point in our, um, in our lives. As we're, as we're speaking, the NBA draft is starting. Yes, um, Minnesota's going to be on the clock soon. So we'll mm. announce those picks as they come in and give yeah. you some live reaction. Interesting. Um, Minnesota Timberwolves are now on the clock with Reports, the number one pick. From what I just saw on Twitter, still saying that they uh, are still listening to deals right now. Oh, and they're on the clock right now. Here we go. Five, with five minutes. minutes left. So. Because LaMelo Ball is just not the number one pick to me. I, I, I wouldn't do it, but if you, that's the thing with, with any draft, NFL, MLB, or excuse me, NFL. MLB, Malcolm, NBA. baseball. I literally have never watched a Major League Baseball draft. I don't, I don't oh, even know when it happens. It is so weird. But you, it's, it's about who the team likes. Yep. I, I can, I mean, we can, you know, even the guys can pick who they have rated wherever, but if a team falls in love with a guy, i.e. Anthony Bennett and the Cleveland Cavaliers that nobody had in the top 10, um, they pick them because they like him. So that's, that's one thing we, it's hard to tell unless you hear it directly from the teams. You don't know who they like. Yep. Um, so yeah, there's going to be a lot more deals. We've seen some smaller deals happen. Um, we're not going to go into a lot of detail about that, but there'll be a lot. I think there'll be a lot of trades today, even in the draft that we may, you might get some live reaction on. Um, so let's talk about NBA free agency. Mm. Um, this is going to be a weird year. There's not a lot of money out there. Nope. Um, there's going to be some players that are left out in the cold uh, for those big contracts they were hoping to get this year. Uh, teams looking to make trades rather than signing big name free agents. Yep. Um, so let's start off with who really needs to make a move this this off season. Well, I mean, I think the Knicks will, you know, I think they're trying to clear up quite a bit of, of space so that they can they can try to make moves. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if there there's no like really big name guys that, you know, they should splurge mm-hmm. on, honestly. Like don't go don't be that team to go and, you know, give Fred Van Vliet like Mac a max yeah. contract. Like he's a very he's okay. Um, let me not say very good. He's a good point guard. Yeah. Um but you can't like pay him like he is, you know, a Chris Paul or one of those type yeah. of guys. Um, but I still think they, they got to make some moves rather. That means for them to, you know, uh, free up some more space, honestly, offer some more trades, you know, to get ready for next year, mm-hmm. try to throw everything at Giannis potentially or something. But um, I'll be curious to see, you know, them try to make some moves. And then um, what will Miami do? Yeah, there's quite a few. I mean, you have, let's see, who is it? Goran Dragic, Jay Crowder, mm-hmm. Um, I think Bam, he'll still be under one more year, mm-hmm. but he'll have a player option. I think um, they're another team. Like, let's see what they're going to do. And they've are, got some space. Do they want to use space. it or do they want to save it for, 
Giannis or some other free agent that exactly. might be available. So that's so I'm not I guess I didn't answer your question who has to make moves, but I think those teams are two I'm watching to see, okay, like what will they do as they prepare for either this year or next year? Because yeah. this year's, you know, free agent mar- free agency market, because A D is all but expected to resign with LA. Yeah. Um it's not too many other huge names out there. Yeah. I uh I a couple teams that actually made deals already. The Bucks were on my list. I yep. felt like they really needed to do something to oh, this yeah. roster for sure. Um, after we saw how they were just completely dismantled by <sighs> Miami in the playoffs, um, and I think adding Drew Holiday is a, is a good first step. But they've got to make some more moves. So the Sixers were another team. We found out today they traded Al Horford yep. to get mm-hmm. Danny Green, got Danny um, Green, and Terrence Ferguson also from. Um, from Oklahoma City as a part of that deal, a yeah. good young wing. Um, so that's another team that had some roster fit issues. Getting rid of Al Horford helps with that. Yes, it does. They got Daryl Morey in the front office, Doc Rivers as the head coach. Yep. Um, it'll be interesting to see what what can they do draft-wise to bring in some young guys or to trade around and try to get some more vets that can kind of help them win now. But I think getting rid of Al Horford was huge for yes, them it was. because it opens up the floor a lot more for what they want to do, hopefully playing Ben Simmons at the four. Um, and then you add in a guard like Danny Green, who in a perfect world is a good three and D wing guy that you yep. need in, in today's NBA? Yeah, if he can just knock down a few shots, my goodness, yeah, they could be good. They could be <laughs> so good. Um, and then a team that I don't think a lot of people are talking about, but the Cavaliers—they have to figure oh, out yes, what they're they going to do. do. Tristan they, Thompson's a free agent. He's a free agent. Um, they still have Kevin Love under contract. Yes, they do. They brought in Andre Drummond. They have. A lot of point guards. Um, and then they have another high pick this year. So yep. I think they've got to figure out what they're going to do with the, this group of point guards mm-hmm. of Sexton and Garland. They've got to figure out Kevin Love. Can we find a good deal for him to get him off of our books and bring in some young players that fit more with our timetable? It's got to be a contender, though, to yeah. me. You know, because um, many teams aren't going to need Kevin Love's services because he's not in his prime anymore. No. So, But even even not at his prime, he's still an elite rebounder. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's still one of the best stretch fours in the NBA. For sure. Um, so if you put him in the right situation on yep. the right team, a yep. team like maybe Portland, mm-hmm. play him along with um, CJ and yep. Dame and, yep. and Nurkic at the center, uh, that could be that's a deadly. really – but the thing is, can they put up enough money to get yeah. the deal? Is there enough that the Cavs want? Yep. Um, so I think people are interested, but it's just all about the price. Yep. Um, so we should be seeing who this number one pick is, the clock – has expired on mm. the Minnesota Timberwolves, so we should see who that topic pick is soon. But with the Cavs, I just want to see what they're going to do. And then Andre German, who opted into his contract, yeah. he's in the last year. Yep. They may look to try to deal him now or closer to the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And, you know, teams looking for a center. Yep. Um, you know, could the Warriors be looking for a center if they don't draft one or yep. they want to get a more established one and not a young guy? You think DeMarcus Cousins is still out there that could potentially be a minimum, you know, yeah. hey, we ain't got to pay him that much money. Yeah. Um, you I'm know, really, low risk, Lakers. high reward. Lakers. I know Lakers need them, do man. It. Do it right. Do it. Um, so yeah, those that's those are kind of teams I'm looking at uh, that need to make a deal. And once again, we're still waiting for this number one pick to come in. Haven't heard it yet, but you'll hear it first when we get it. Um, what teams? Now we talked about what teams need to make a move. Yep. Let's talk about the teams to watch um, for signing or trading players. Oh, here we go. Uh, here comes the number one pick. We're going to announce it as it comes in. As it comes in, ladies and gentlemen, this uh, is about to be fun. Three and one podcast first. You get <laughs> NBA draft reaction. Live on the pod. They took Edwards. Anthony right. Edwards from Georgia is the number one pick. Yep. Going to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, that's a good pick. That's the pick that I would have made. Absolutely. Um, that's absolutely the pick that, that I would have made. 
Um, Somewhere, I love- some right now, LeVar Ball is just yelling <laughs> or something crazy. <laughs> how come I saw one number one? Um, <laughs> so, Keith, give us a little breakdown of how, how you think he fits with this uh, Minnesota team. Well, I mean, he's definitely a... Um, there we go. All right. Um, I think, you know, he is a perimeter scorer. I think he gives you great perimeter defense. So I really like I, – I did not like LaMelo Ball for this team. I think he only gives scoring. He does not give defense. Um, so I'm looking at – I just need to be reminded of their roster currently. Um, but, I mean, you know, you, you pair him with D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns. Um, they still have to work with Jared Culver. Um, it's a it's a decent little squad, you know, with those three, um, D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, and now you add Edwards, and then they still have Malik Beasley. You know, they've got some guys. So this is a step in the right direction for this Minnesota squad. You know, they do, I believe they still have Evan Turner and a couple guys coming off their bench. Um so yeah, I think it's Turner's a, a free agent. Oh, he is free agent. That's right. So they've got they've got a, a decent little core right now. Yeah, I, I like the fit. He gives them a score. Guy who's going to attack the rim can score from all levels of the offense. Yep. Um. Yeah. And offensively, they're going to be good. Defensively is the question with them. Yep. But I mean, this guy can defend. So you know, that's that's a step if in the right direction. If he's locked in, yes. that's the thing. Uh, yeah, in yeah. Georgia, they weren't good. They were um, not. Good. <laughs> so he wasn't playing any meaningful games. So we'll have to see. Yep. So, number two pick, three minutes left on the clock for the Warriors. We know it's not LaMelo. We kn- <laughs> well, do we? Yo, yes, we know. Could be, it he could is be not a shocker. LaMelo. No, absolutely not. If they if they choose LaMelo Ball, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be interested to see if there's any kind of trade with this pick. Yes. I think the Warriors, if they could find the right deal, especially with this Clay Thompson injury, yep. can you make something happen? So, um, I'm actually going to change the next, the next thing we'll talk about. What players are we watching mm-hmm. in this year's mm-hmm. free agency? Uh, well, first of all, Goran Dragic is a huge name for me. Um, he played really well in the bubble, uh, played very well in the playoffs. It was unfortunate he had an injury, or I thought that, you know, this series in the finals would have been even more interesting, even though I still think the Lakers would have prevailed. Um, so, uh, as we mentioned already, Fred Van Vliet is another huge name. There's teams I know that need, you know, solid point guard play, but he's not, he's not a superstar, and I dare I say he's not a star either I just think he's a good um, point guard so I'll be interested to see what type of team will make uh, the run for him Tristan Thompson and um, as we mentioned already DeMarcus Cousins are two huge names as well Mm -hmm. Um, talking about big men and you know the Lakers hey I don't know if we're going to get Dwight Howard back. So if we could bring in DeMarcus Cousins, get him on a on a minimum deal, you know, force him to really play well for him mm-hmm. to earn a contract somewhere else because it won't be the Lakers. They mm-hmm. probably will not pay him then. Um, and potential for him to again win another ring. You know, yeah. hey, he went to the Warriors, thought he was going to win a ring, <laughs> and then Kawhi <laughs> happened in Toronto. So maybe this is another shot for the Lakers. But uh, those are some of the names. Um, and I'm curious to see what's going to happen with um, with Gordon in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, is he going to opt into that contract? Yeah. Is he going to opt out? And if he opts out, who's going to be willing? Because he hasn't been great yeah. with Boston. Of course, he had it's that just, injury. It's, and it's been rough. The team changed around him. Yep. I mean, Jason Tatum became a, a superstar, superstar. Jalen Brown uh, developed to a really good, uh, you know, 
three, four wing player. So those are guys really stepping in on his position. And when he yep. came in, he was supposed to be number two to Kyrie. Yep. And then Kyrie flames out and leaves. So <laughs> and then they bring in Kimba Walker and he's still not like a number one, two or three option. Right. So I think, you know, they, they extended his, his, uh, decision time to take his option yep. or, to, or reject it to Thursday. Yep. And there's rumbling that Atlanta might be trying to make a deal for him, which mm. I think would be a good situation for Gordon because he can go in there, be a veteran, play with a guy like Trey Young who, hasn't really had anybody else that could help initiate offense. Yep. Um, yep. And Gordon can do that. And then, you know, be a veteran on that really young team. You know, Gordon has been around for a while, has played a number of different roles, has been the young guy on the team, but has been on some really successful teams in Utah and Boston. And and Atlanta's not far off. Yeah. They're not they're far not. off. So, yeah, I think that would be a really good good move for him to be able to kind of revitalize his career and play yep. the role that I think he really is more accustomed to and wants to play. Yep. Um, the clock is out on the Warriors. We're still waiting to hear what the number two, what they're going to do with the number two pick. Mm. Um, the players I'm looking at, I'm actually looking at two players from the Spurs, DeMar DeRozan, mm. DeRozan mm. and LaMarcus Aldridge. Yep. Uh, they don't really fit with the young guys on this team that are nope. starting to develop, to develop, but I think they could help the right team if the right deal comes up. And that's, that's the key is the right deal is going to come up for these guys. LaMarcus Aldridge is, a floor spacing four who still, even at this point of his career, not at his prime, but is still averaging 18 and 18, 19 and 10. Yeah. Um, so he's a guy that you, that could help the right team where you're not asking him to do too much, but he can kind of pick, pick his spots, work with second units, um, and, and play a lot of time at the five against smaller teams. Yep. And then DeMar DeRozan, we know what he's not. He doesn't shoot the ball often from three, not a great defender, but he can really score the rock, can get to the rim, and is great in the mid-range. So a team like maybe Orlando um, that could use a scoring punch, maybe even if it didn't cost them too much, a team like um, the Heat who yes. need another scorer to put next to Jimmy Butler yep. and have a defensive system that can kind of hide some of his weaknesses there. Um, so I think the I think the Spurs are going to be a I don't want to say aggressive. They're never really aggressive, but I think they're going to be looking to see if they can move off some of these veterans and develop some of these young guys. And then I think Fred Flan Fleet, who you uh, mentioned earlier, Keith, are the Raptors going to do what it needs to do to pay him? Or is he going to get paid somewhere else? Because um, point guard is a position that you have to have solid play from. And even if Fred is not an elite player, he's really good. And we saw it, especially in the playoffs in the championship run. Um, He can shoot the three. He's a, he's a good floor general. Um, so it'll be it'll be cool to see what team kind of jockeys to get in position to pay him yeah. because it may come down to if he can get a, a deal somewhere where he really feels valued he may not be back in Toronto. Yep. Um, and then Serge Ibaka, um, Serge he's a guy who's Ibaka. already won a championship. Maybe he's not quite ring chasing, but he's a he's a, a four or five who can stretch the floor, play a little defense. Could this be a guy for the Lakers that they go after to fill that Dwight Howard role? Um, and, you know, do some, some spot starting for them, but really be that guy, that first big off the bench. Um, and I think would be another good piece on the back end of that defense to help out Anthony Davis. Yeah. There's a few interesting teams to me that surge, you know, could potentially, you know, fit in, you know, I think about Brooklyn, who, you know, that could be a good matchup. I think about Phoenix now that they have Chris Paul, Mm -hmm. he could be a solid guy to come in and give you some solid minutes off the bench. Yeah. Um, you know, even the Portland, uh, Boston, Boston, yeah, Boston I mean, could really use a big. Quite a few teams, yes, they definitely could. Uh, Boston would love, I'm sure, to have this James Wiseman kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, those are those are definitely some interesting names. You're right. Uh, we're still waiting for the number two pick to come in. Not hearing 
we have the TV on mute, so we honestly don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, so, it, it says the pick has been in for a while, uh, so I don't know what the heck is going so on. So I'm checking, I'm checking Twitter to see if there's any any mm. deals. Woj, um, what yeah. you saying, Woj? Um, I won't say. I'll wait till the the pick comes in. But oh, here it is. There it is. Adam, Adam Silver is coming to the podium. Second pick with the it's number gotta, two it's overall pick. Be Wiseman, the Golden State Warriors select. James Wiseman, Wiseman I figured center yep. from Memphis. That's huge. Um, they get their big guy. Um, you talked about it, Keith. This was this was a, a good a good position for them to be in to be able to get a center, a yep. position that's been a weakness for them the last couple years. Um, a guy that has a lot of offensive and, and particularly defensive potential. Um, yep. So how does he fit with this Warriors team? Oh man, this makes them really deadly. And yeah. and if Clay Thompson was healthy, my God, this would be a squad. Um, you get him acclimated. You have Draymond Green, who now doesn't have to necessarily be a big yeah. at all times. He can float around. He stretches the floor. He plays solid defense. Um, this makes them like. I mean, I just remember when Javale McGee looked very solid with Golden State mm-hmm. when he played there. Um, just because In limited he, minutes, though. limited minutes, but mm-hmm. that's that's all they needed. They didn't need him to be just dominant big man. But now they have a guy who can be dominant in the paint. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know his shooting ability, mm-hmm. but with Clay and with Steph, with their being able to stretch the floor, that normally should be able to open up some opportunities for him in the paint. So I think it's a great fit, honestly, and I think that makes them all the more deadly, especially when they're healthy. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, with, in the shooting piece, we honestly just haven't we – only, he only played three games at Memphis. Exactly. Um, so we don't honestly know what uh, – they they say he has the potential to be a good shooter. He's got yeah. some decent touch, uh, but with any young guy, he's got a especially working at not just college or high school range, but the pro range. Yeah. It's gonna take a little bit of an adjustment. Yep. But you know, from day one, he'll be a finisher, a guy who can finish around the rim, yep. gives them vertical spacing um, on offense. A guy, you know, early on, you're not going to ask him to have to post up guys, but he can really play pick and roll, yep. play that pick and roll with Steph, yep. even with Draymond at times, even doing some pick and roll because Draymond does that playmaking. Absolutely. Um, so I think this is a good pick for them. I think Charlotte also really wanted him. They had a big hole at center. Yep. Um, and you got to feel for, for James Wiseman, who had a really rough freshman year. I yep. mean, you know, highly touted coming in, was supposed to be this number one prospect, and then the NCAA – you know, basically tells him he can't play. Yep. Um, and so he he focuses his time on getting ready for the draft, and he's now number two pick. So gotta gotta feel good for him that yep. um, you know, even though he didn't get to play uh, at the college level like he wanted to, he's actually is going to get a chance to prove himself in the NBA. Yeah, his coach Hardaway right there, yeah, uh, right next. It was to him. his high school coach as well. Yeah, that's that's really fun. Um, all right, so before we leave, let's talk about some predictions mm-hmm. and some. And some bold predictions are not so bold predictions. Um, how many do you have, Keith? Do you have how many bold predictions do you have? You how many what? How many did you have any bold predictions? How many? Uh, no, I don't really have bold predictions, honestly, especially with some of these trades that just happened. So, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I can't say I have bold predictions. Okay. Well, I've got, I've got. Um, I know you have one. I have one. Yeah. This, one of them is not bold. But yeah. One of them is I think Wes Matthews is going to end up with the Lakers. Yeah, I know you mentioned that. Uh, that. Yeah. I think he he would be just a great pick to be able to add him and Schroeder. Basically, an exchange for Danny Green is great. Yeah, um, he's a shooter, could defend enough, um, and I think in that system they bring back KCP as well. I think that'd be a really good situation for him, and I think he's a better shooter probably overall than Danny Green. Yeah. Um, here's my probably my hottest take. Mm. Um, Montrez Harrell does either a one year deal with the Clippers or sign somewhere else. Mm. I'm not sure. I just don't know where the money's going to come from. Is it going to be like a team like Miami? Yeah. Do the Knicks try to do something? Um. I don't know. Do the Mavericks feel like they're out of Giannis? They need to get a big. But I think 
he's going to demand a pretty winning that six man of the year award, yeah. proving even with his limited size that he can play the, the power forward in the center position. Um, I think he's going to demand a big contract and I'm just not sure if the Clippers with the other needs that they have are going to want to spend that much money on a, on a six man. <sighs> I wanted to make a hot take on Gordon Dragic, but I, mm. I think the heat may figure out a way to get him back, mm. um, which that's why I was like, man, because I, there are some other teams that would love the services of Gordon Dreiger right now, especially the way he played in mm-hmm. the offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about Joe Harris, though. Oh. Like, he may be gone, especially if they're trying to get James Harden. I, from everything I'm hearing, they're going to pay whatever it takes to keep Joe Harrison in mm. In Brooklyn, they really like him with what he could do shooting wise, yeah. especially with that offense. You need a guy that can kind of spot up and spread the floor. Uh, the, by the way, the Charlotte Hornets pick is in. Ooh. Um, I think we all know who we think will be this, who will be in at number three. Oh, God. Um, but we're about to find out here shortly. Wouldn't it be hilarious if like LaMelo Ball end up being like in his at his couch like as long as Johnny Menzel was in that year <laughs> like he was pick 22 like <laughs> oh here we are picks coming in Adam Silver with the third overall pick the Charlotte Hornets select LaMelo Ball. Ball there it is there it is the last of the Ball brothers drafted um man this is gonna be an interesting first meeting between LeVar Ball and Michael Jordan when that happens I wish I could be a fly on the wall for that meeting um so I will say I have not been as high on LaMelo as other draft experts have been. Neither have I. Um, I have not really. Yeah. I, but um, the, the 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 Hornets need some excitement. Yes. They um, do. And they need some box office. And know? they need some box office. Yeah. Now, this year, there won't be fans in the stadium. But LaMelo Ball is going to is going to bring some excitement. They finally have at least at some level a top end talent that they haven't had. Um, since Kemba Walker left, and really since they drafted Kemba Walker, they really haven't had that star power. Um, poor, poor Leangelo, the one that just didn't. He make just it. didn't make it. <laughs> just didn't. Couldn't. Man, you know, stole, had that little stealing incident in UCLA and just never played again. Nope. Basically, never nope. saw him again. Um, but you know, Lamelo, whatever you feel about his high school career and his dad and all those things, he's a six seven point guard who has next level passing ability, playmaker. Um, you know, hasn't really been asked to do a lot defensively. Shot selection is a little iffy, but if he can get coached, if he will accept coaching, work in a system, the talent looks like it's there. Yeah, for uh, sure. And I think, you know, with a team like Charlotte that has been bad for quite some time, needs some excitement, um, you know, if if it works out, it could be really good for the for the Hornets. He's a good he's a great passer. Yeah. He's a Okay, shooter. Uh, he takes way too many deep threes, like yeah. he's Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. But if he can, you know, just be that solid playmaker, yeah. get off that pick and roll, make some great passes, you know, sure up some some mid range to three point shooting, he'll be solid. Even though I think he'll be a defensive liability. Hey, the Warriors were able to get Steph, you know, who is a defensive liability, mm-hmm. and 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 be fine. So yeah. that's what he has to be able to bring. To and this I think Warriors the difference team. between like him and, him and a guy like Steph is that he's six seven. Yeah, exactly. Steph is what six two six yeah, three exactly. Um, so he's only going to be but so bad against point guards because of his size. Yeah. Um, so I think that that helps him a little bit there, but he still has got to lock in. Yep. Um, got to move the feet, man. So we're waiting to hear back the number four pick will be the Chicago Bulls. Um. My one of my hot my hot takes and big predictions um, with the injury. This was actually pre injury, so I don't know if this affects his market. But Goran Dragic with to the Dallas Mavericks. 
Um, I wanted to say that, but I just didn't think that, you know, with Luca and I don't know, man. I I think Dallas is better with Luca manning the one. Yeah. And I think but both of those guys can play on or off the ball. Um so I'm not really and they've played they play with each other on their national team. That's true. Uh they won Eurobasket when they played together when I believe Luca was like seventeen or eighteen. And still um, <laughs> uh, and still worth killing it. And so those guys have that chemistry and they've played with each other on the on the international level. So um you know, that could be a, a cool way for Goran to kind of end his career, but it depends on what the market is. He played really well last year. He so did. Really, Is there really going to well. be a team that steps up? Will it be the Heat? I know they might be trying to save some cap space for yeah. a Bradley, Be- a future Bradley Beal deal yeah. or Giannis, Giannis deal. Yeah. So um, maybe they don't want to invest that kind of money or let's, maybe it's a short deal, something like it's that. It's got to be a short deal. Yeah. That's what I, that's my prediction. If it's anything longer than two, Goran's out. Yeah. You know, um, so. And that's why I was so curious about Joe Harris, because, again, with all this talk about James Harden, they're not going to be able to afford to pay both. So, oh, but, they're tra- but it's a trade. But it, right. Correct. Then it would be a trade. So do you give up your future to get a guy who yes. potentially could, you know, bring you a championship now? And you're saying give up Joe Harris. No, well, you can't trade him in this deal, in that deal. Um just because he's a free agent this year. Okay, I was thinking uh, sign and trade potentially, yeah, but, but it would hard cap them in there. Then they're already in a weird cap space because yeah. they already have KD yep. and Kyrie and on Kyrie. max deals, yep. and then Harden will be coming in with his max deals. So I don't think the math would work out that yep. way to yep. do a sign and trade. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I, I think so. Here, my my bold prediction is that they're not going to trade um, James Harden okay. this offseason. Okay, I think it may happen later, but they don't have to trade him right now. There's Maybe. no really reason for him. Uh, picks coming in right now for number four for the Chicago Bulls. Pretty sure I know who this is. With the fourth overall pick, I think this is going to be the first surprise pick. Um, they select Patrick Williams Patrick forward Williams. from Florida State. Yep. Um, he's been a late riser on draft boards lately. Um, you know, there are some other names that, that were mentioned at four, including Tyrese Halliburton. But um, he's a versatile guy. Looks like he could play three, four position. Known more for his defense with some developing offensive skills. Um, you know, the Chicago Bulls, they've got pieces. They've just got to put it all together. Yeah, they uh, do. And so they, they add another piece. It'll be interesting to see. You know, we might see a trade down the line for this as well in the yeah. next in the next few picks. Zach Levine, uh, he's got to show up this so, year. Big time. I don't have a lot to say about Patrick Williams. was not expecting him to get picked this, this early. But, you know. Yeah, Walsh, Walsh said it earlier. So I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. They, they may take him. Mm-hmm. Um. He's a big kid. Sheesh. So, yeah, James Harden, I, I, I don't think they're going to trade him this offseason. They don't have to. Um, now, next year, going into next year is when they may look at it if things don't go well. or um, And I think a lot of it depends on what's the market for Russell Westbrook. If you don't really have a deal for Russell Westbrook, then I, I just don't know what, what they do. What yeah, they do because if Harden's gone, he's definitely out. Right, and there's no point in having just Russell Westbrook. And there's if you get rid of, if you're able to get rid of Westbrook, then what does this team look like with just James Harden and a bunch of guys nobody's heard of? That poor first first year head coach. Good lord, Steven Silas. He, you know that's the thing. Like same thing happened to um to uh, what's his name, David Blatt in Cleveland. He thought he was going to coach this young team that he could grow develop with, and they're like, oh, LeBron's coming back. We're going to get Kevin Love. Now you need to win a championship, and it's like, like it's rough, this man. is not what I signed up no, for. No, not at all. Like you know, and he handled it decently. You know, yeah. it wasn't that he was terrible. Yeah. And then Ty Lue just was blessed to get that opportunity. Man, and, man you know, they come back from three one in in yeah history. But uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's real out here. Um, so I, that's all of our free agent talk that we had. Uh, I don't know. So Keith, you guys get to listen to our conversation. Do we want to keep going? 
for a couple more picks in the NBA draft. We get our live reactions. Hey, it doesn't matter to me. Um, um, you know, it's not. There's not a whole lot to be excited about with this draft, but it is going to be interesting to see what trades may happen. Yeah. You know, and then what what those teams may do. So. Yeah. We'll see. Cleveland. Ooh, this we gotta yeah. at least stay on for Cleveland. Yeah. You Cleveland know? Cavaliers are on the clock at five. I'm gonna go ahead and make a prediction for Cleveland. I say they take Obi Tyler. I think so too. I think yeah. unless there's unless like the Knicks or somebody makes a deal here. They the Knicks did move up um to have the twenty third pick and the eighth pick. They did. Could they package those to move up um and try to take Obi? Because I've heard some chatter about them also wanting to take Obi Toppin as well. Yeah, so I I'm hoping for Cleveland's sake that they get Obi. Because mm-hmm. that would be fun to watch. Then it'd be interesting to see. Okay, now do you bring back? Um, do you bring back Tristan Thompson? I think he's gone no matter what. Interesting. So yeah. where do you think he lands? What what kind of contract is he looking for? That's the, that's the. Does he want to team back up with LeBron? I don't want him in LA. I'm, I don't. I've we've gone through the Tristan Thompson <laughs> experience. I don't need to see more of that. But if they got him on a good deal, you know, yeah. yeah. But does he want that, or does he want a good? Does he want more money? Um, could a team like I don't know um, Atlanta? Yeah, uh, that could use another big. Yeah, they could use uh, um, yeah. Boston. Boston could use Boston a big. needs a big. They do. Um, could he be a backup like in Portland or somewhere like yeah, but that? Bo- would Boston be able to pay Tristan Thompson if he wants a lot of money? That's the key. Yes, yeah, it's all about the contract. But yeah. there's just not a lot of places where these guys can get these big money deals. Yeah, and from. I don't feel like Tristan Thompson is worthy of a huge contract at no. this point. But he's relative- he can't really score that no. much. But he's solid defensively. He could switch, and he's, and he's great, a great rebounder. rebounder. Absolutely, yeah. for sure. Um, and in the NBA, in today's NBA, and weirdly enough he showed a little bit of shooting in cleveland yeah is it real i don't know it ain't, um, <laughs> it but, ain't. let me tell you right now but he can play the three or uh, excuse me the four or the five um defensive versatility and he's a he's a good finisher around the rim um kind of the pick and roll game so yeah good pick and roll player for sure yeah so sure. It, it's all about fit and situation i just don't where do teams value him um, and he's relatively young. He's not one of these older guys. I think he's what late twenties, early thirties. So yeah, he's yeah, he's yeah. still a pretty young guy. Um, we're still waiting. We have got about a minute left on the clock for the Cavs. Um, oh, there it says they're targeting Isaac Okoro, number five. Not a, a wing. They need a wing. Yeah, but I they think need a wing. Obi would have been. The... I would have tried to trade down if that's who I wanted. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, somebody's got to want to trade up. So yeah. Um. So we'll see. Um. So interesting! Wow, these early picks. I'm, you know, the the Lamella Ball pick for the Hornets is really. I'm, the more I'm thinking about this, I would love for them to get Wiseman because they needed a center. Yeah, they did. Um, but, but the Golden State couldn't pass up Wiseman. Yeah, unless they had a deal, and yeah. I thought I thought they would get a deal done for somebody else, and they still could get a deal. They still could. It could be a draft and trade, you yeah. know, type of deal for them to get a, a really solid player. But at this point, you might as well take Wiseman, especially depending on how long Clay is out. Yeah, that'll uh, be a guy that'll really help you, you know, in the paint. So, and he's young. He's young, controllable asset for the next three or four years. Absolutely. Um, you know, and if he if he really works out, you've got a, a good building block for whatever the next version of the Warriors is whether yeah. with uh with these with these veterans or with whatever the next next young guys are going to be. Yeah. Um but the LaMelo Ball pick for the Hornets, you know, it opens up some possibilities for them. Um he's he, I think if he could the key with him is going to be the shooting. Yep. If the shooting can be better than Lonzo. <laughs> yeah, it de- it has to be better than Lonzo. If it's if it's better than Lonzo then you've got a player who's a better playmaker than Lonzo is, bigger um and maybe it can get the get to the rim a lot better theoretically than Lonzo. Yeah. Lonzo really doesn't do that a whole lot at all. Yeah. Um, um. But it's this is a pick that's like so opposite of what the Hornets have done previously, yeah. where they've 
picked three and four year college guys yep. um, or they've had lower picks where they didn't have these high upside guys. But, you know, LaMelo La Ball is a high upside guy for the Hornets. Yep. It's a it's a high risk, high reward yeah. type of deal. You know, he could be very good or it could not work out and you just wasted the number three pick, yeah. you know. Um, and then at that point, trade trade market for him would not be that great. Yeah. So, But it, they need high they need high risk, high reward players yeah, in, in Charlotte. Do. They do, um, especially since losing Kimba, they just don't have that franchise cornerstone player yeah. to build around. And at least with Lamelo, you have a guy in place who um, could be that guy for the future. Um, I've been a huge Anthony Edwards fan, so I'm oh, yes. really excited to see yes. him go one yep. to that team where I think they're going to be able to score a lot of points. Yep. Um, and then him and um, him and Case, I mean uh, D'Angelo Russell. Thank you. Yes. I, I almost said something completely wrong. <laughs> Um, they can play. They can kind of interchange, being the primary ball handler. Yep. Russell is good off the ball, particularly as a shooter. Yep. Um, so those guys could really be a dynamic backcourt. Um, and then you add Carly Anthony Towns, Towns, who's one of yep. the best young centers in yep. the NBA. Yep. Um, and you know the the thing to not forget about this team is that Carly um, Anthony Towns and um, D'Angelo Russell wanted to play with each other. Yeah, correct. Um, so here Here's we're actually getting ready to see the number five pick come in for the. Cavaliers. Yep, Okoro. They select Isaac Okoro from Auburn. Um, he's a guy that I talked about in our NBA draft preview. Um, great wing defender, about 6'8", 6'9", maybe even a little little taller. Um, can play the three primarily, but can stretch out to the four. The shooting is just the issue with him. Is, yep. is he going to be a good shooter? Um, but they, they did have a big hole at the wing position that they needed to fill. Uh, they've got a bunch of guards. Um, and Can I just say, mm-hmm. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just really hope that, you know, these players and all these people near them are not spreading COVID for a <laughs> draft pick. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm all for, you know, fam- like, I'm not even going home for Thanksgiving yeah. to be with my family. And, you know, there's like at some of these places, like LaMelo had like at least 30, 40 people there, mm-hmm. like from different households, yeah. of course. Well, probably- you know, they, they showed at least with uh, his mom and dad, they were masked up, you know. Yeah. Know about, and a lot of them were masked, but uh-huh. I mean, they're still coming from God knows where, uh-huh. you know, it's just. Hopefully they were tested before they got there. I hope so, man. I mean, because you look at NFL, a lot of those guys, you know, they had like three or four people in their living room. And that was about it. But mm-hmm. these drives, you know, thus far, I'm seeing a lot of extended family, friends, yeah. you know, like, y'all, COVID is still a thing. Just throwing that out there. But. Um, so I think that's where we'll end our live in NBA draft coverage. Be looking out uh, later this week. Our brother Ian is going to do an instant take where he's going to give us some draft reactions, probably including what, yeah. the, what the Cavaliers did today. Yeah, because he wanted them to get Obi. So uh, yeah, he did. And he I, did I, I thought that would be a good pick for them. Yeah. But they also still they haven't figured out how to get rid of Kevin Love. and yeah. They play the same position. So I don't know. So we'll see. Um, I think Obi will be off the board here soon, though. I think a lot of teams are interested in him. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. Um, so that is. All for our show, but you know how we like to end it. Yes. It's with our parting words. Yes. Keith, give us your parting words for the day. Uh, I, I want to give a shout out to all of the uh, Republican uh, uh, people in office who are coming out and, you know, dis- disproving of what, you know, uh, Donald Trump is doing currently. Um, it's sad to see. And it's sad that, you know, 
about four years ago, people were saying that, you know, and I'm not a Democrat, but it's, you know, it was sad to see that, you know, they were talking about, oh, how the Democrats are just sore losers, blah, 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 blah. And now, like, he is trying to move, you know, hell and high waters to <laughs> uh, do something that is just not going to work, you know. So I do want to shout out, you know, those people who, though you may not necessarily agree with everything that Biden stands for or is about to do. Um, you're at least trying to, you know, uh, say that what Trump is doing is not right. It's not backed by law and it's just nuts. Um, y'all anyways. So yeah. Um, and then also shout outs to Joe Burrow. You just took a beating Pittsburgh's defense was just really good. And, uh, you hopefully will have learned a lot from that. Um, but I still believe in you. You're our quarterback. You're from my great state of Ohio and, uh, we rolling with you. My parting words. Man, um, we don't talk about baseball on the show. No, we do not. But there's there's one thing that I just had to talk about. Uh oh, go ahead. Robinson Cano. Mm. He will be out all of next year after getting caught again for taking (sighs) a banned substance. Of course. Um, baseball players have we learned nothing? Nothing. Nothing. Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. Like (laughs) the list goes on and on. And this is not Cano's first offense, which is why he's going to miss the entire year. Um, and I assume that means he's not getting paid for that whole year. And as he is not a young guy anymore, this might be one of the last few years of his career. He just had to be a person of color, didn't he? Just yeah. You know, <sighs> what can you do? So, <laughs> baseball players, wise up. Wise seriously, up. good lord. Put down whatever the illegal substances are. Right, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> now, I mean, soon we may not be saying weed because weed I may become mean, more legal. You, you know, know? But right now, still stay off the weed. <laughs> stay off the steroids. All the, the roids. Human growth hormone. Yep. All of that stuff. All that Heck, stuff. Heck, you may want to just be careful what protein powder you take at this I point. Mean, for like, real. seriously. For real. For, I'm waiting for somebody to be like, oh, my um, my supplements were hacked. Well, that's um, what John Jones said. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what he was like. I took these supplements and, I, you know, and boom. Oh. So, Robinson Cano, congratulations to you. You are not getting paid for this year. What? Just dumb. Just dumb. I mean, I just don't understand how these people, you have so much money. So much. And you just are willing to throw it all away to get some steroids. Mm-mm-mm. Now, I'm not in their shoes, but still, I don't think I would be making that same choice. I... <laughs> In baseball, there's so much money. There's so much money. There's so much money. But you don't know how many of those guys are on something. Black young black men, listen to me. Go and play baseball. There is there is a lot of money and a lot of nah, opportunities out go, there. Go play soccer. I mean, yeah, that too. I mean, we haven't had a great one since Freddie Adu. But no, I'm but telling. I mean, telling soccer. y'all, like, go and play some baseball. Listen, football is great. Basketball is great. But there's money elsewhere. Keith is Keith. This is really personal, Keith, because Keith wanted to be a baseball player. Y'all, I would have been so good. I just kept getting in trouble <laughs> as a young kid, and I just that was it. My parents were strict. They you you don't do well in the academics and all that. You don't play, so I didn't play. So sad, sad, sad. We are. I'm actually trying to wait for this Atlanta pick to come in. The pick last is in. Pick. This will be the last thing we do before we leave. Ooh. Atlanta at number six. That's too much Mountain Dew in that photo there. Uh, that somebody's video. got a deal. They yeah, got a course. deal with Mountain Dew. <laughs> That's all that is. Um, oh my goodness. The rumor is the center out of USC is yep. going to be their pick. Yep, that's what I see. Um, interesting little tidbit. Chino Hills, the high school that Lamelo, um, Leangelo, and Lonzo came from, had three players. Selected in the top six over the last four years. Yeah, they'd be recruiting, which is so illegal. <laughs> but, you know, hey, we ain't talking about that, you know. We're not talking um, about that. And if, you know, if LaMelo had stayed at at Chino Hills, he would have played with 
uh, potentially the number six pick. Um, I th- believe his last name is Onyewu, the center from USC. They were in the same class, and that would have been a, a, another really good team. <laughs> deadly. Would have been deadly, honestly. Um, All okay, right. Here, here comes Dallas. So here's here the we, official here we go, pick. Atlanta. We pretty much know who it is because Woj is out here giving us spoilers. Shout out to Woj. What if he was just wrong, though? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen very often. It does not. Yep. The Hawks select. Onyagu. That's, That's it. From USC, the center. Um, you know, they did and pick here up. Here comes the tears. They did pick up Clint Capella last year. They did. So uh, it's Clint Capella possibly on the mm. block. Or could they trade this pick? This pick, yeah. Um, yeah. Could, you know, Boston needs a big. Yep. You know? You just, you just were saying Charlotte needs a big. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I don't know if I'm training. I don't know if I want LaMelo Ball and Trey Young. That'd just be a lot of. A lot of point guardage. Well, yeah, no, they wouldn't trade for Lamelo, oh, you yeah. know, but you know, some other like future picks or you know, yeah, I don't know what play, and they're definitely not getting. Uh, uh, so there's nobody on that. Yeah, no, Hornets roster, yeah, <laughs> not really. So never mind. <laughs> well, hey, it is what it is. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's it. That's how we're going to end our show. Uh, Detroit at number seven, and we're not going to talk about that because it's the Pistons and they're oh, terrible. They're so, ter- so terrible. Oh, but that is how we're going to end our show. This was a great show. You got some live. NBA draft Live reaction. Coverage. You got a free agent, NBA free agency preview. Yep. You got it all from us, and we're glad to share this time with you. Ian, we'll see you next week, buddy. We'll see you next week. But here with us in the Columbus, Ohio, by way of Cincinnati, and he's still rooting still. for the home team, it's Keith Turner Jr. That's me, who day to the day I die. Y'all may give me a heart attack, but it's okay. And here in the capital city, by way of several other places, they call him the Black Algero. <laughs> Malcolm Morgan. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the 3 in 1 podcast. We'll see you all next time. Peace.